Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the Pastor's Study. Today we're going to bring in a cult expert because not everybody who knocks on your door and says they're a Christian group is really a Christian group. So I want to introduce you to Pastor Steve Lagoon. Hi, Steve. Hi. He's a Baptist pastor from Randolph Baptist Church in Minnesota here. And so we're going to take half an hour. We're going to talk about the cults, groups that say they're Christian, but in their true doctrine, they're not. Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, Christian Science, uh, United Pentecostals, etc. So first of all, Steve, how do you define the word cult? Well, there's different ways you can define it sociologically or theologically. I think you're probably uh, asking about the theological. Yeah. And that's they have a non-biblical view of the person or work of Christ or mm -hmm. both. Mm -hmm. That's a definition that Dr. William Bevere came up with and has been used by our ministry religion analysis service uh, since its uh, inception in 1946. And uh, so that really puts the focus on what do these groups say about the person and work of Jesus. Do they believe that Jesus is the God-man? Is he fully God and fully man? Um, do they believe he came in the flesh? Came in, or became they, truly human. Truly human. Or do they, uh, are they like Gnostics who deny that he had a human body? Uh, as to his work, do they believe that Christ's work was totally sufficient for our salvation? Or do they try to add works to that, our human works, or, yes. or, or faithfulness to the organization or the religion or the uh, group that we are members of? If they do that, if they try to add anything to the finished work of Christ, then that, we think that puts them into a cultic territory. So it's basically two issues. Do they believe Jesus is fully God and fully man? And do they believe we're saved by grace alone and not by circumcision or anything else they try to add to Christ's finished work on the cross. Amen to that. Yeah. You know, it would seems to me too, they normally deny the Trinity, that there's one God and three equal eternal persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's basically true. Yeah, I think it's to, to confuse the issue about uh, who the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to look at what each of the groups do with that. I'd be happy to do that. Well, let's, let's ask, let's start with the people that knock on our door, the Jehovah's Witnesses. They will come to your door and say, the word Trinity is nowhere in the Bible, so why do you believe it? What, what would you say to that? Well, one thing we point out is the Jehovah's Witnesses, to them, is that they use a lot of words that aren't found in the Bible either, like neutrality, uh, things like that. Uh, just give them examples where they do the same thing. Mm -hmm. But then the real point is, is not whether the word Trinity is in the Bible, but is the idea. Is the concept. Is the doctrine. There. Yeah there in the scripture and there's no doubt that the Hebrews uh, the scriptures teaches that there's one God first uh, Timothy 2 5 uh, there's one God one mediator between God and man the man Jesus Christ uh, Hebrews uh, Deuteronomy 6 4 hear O Israel the Lord God he is one and Jesus last words on earth go ye therefore baptizing them in the name singular of the Father Son Holy Spirit 
Yeah, so we have one God, and yet uh, the Bible clearly teaches the Father is God, and nobody doubts that. Mm -hmm. But does the Bible teach that the Son is God? And I believe it does. John it does. 1, 1, John mm -hmm. 1, 3, Hebrews chapter 1, the whole chapter seems to be proving mm -hmm. that he is God. Uh, Colossians 1, 14 through 18. Uh, and then uh, is the Holy Spirit God? Acts 5, 3 and 4 talks about uh, the Holy Spirit. You've not lied to men, but you've lied to God. And Jehovah's Witnesses think he's just a force. He's not God. Right? Yeah, for Jehovah's Witnesses, what they do with the Godhead is they say only the Father is God and that the uh, Son, Jesus, is just human. Creature. He's just a creature. He started out as an angel, Michael the Archangel, but then he... Yeah. He became just a man on and earth. Jehovah's Witnesses believe Jesus is the Archangel Michael. And you read the first chapter of Hebrews. The whole first chapter of Hebrews is written to show Jesus is not an angel. Of what angel did the Father ever say, Today, O oh God, you know, today I've begotten thee. So, Let all God's angels worship him. Yeah. So you're not, you're not supposed to worship created beings, yeah. but they are to worship him. So we believe Jesus is God, Jesus is eternal. Jehovah's Witnesses believe he's a creature, he's not eternal, he's not God. Do they believe Jesus was perfect? Uh, they believe he was sinless, and that's okay. why he was able to be a sacrifice. Yeah. All right, so Jehovah's Witnesses, when they come to your door, we'll get to other cults in a minute, but sure. Jehovah's Witnesses believe Jesus is not God, he's a creature. He, they do believe he died on the cross to make atonement for our sins, don't they? Yes, they do. Okay. But they Not on a cross. They, oh, they stake, believe in this upright stake. stake thing. But they know. don't believe he physically rose from the dead, do they? Absolutely not. And this is one of the biggest problems with the Jehovah's Witnesses. Paul talks about if anyone denies uh, the, the resurrection. Uh, resurrection, they are tearing the heart out of the gospel. And Jesus said to the disciples, touch and see after he rose from the dead. A spirit does not have flesh and blood, as you see I have, as a risen Christ. Luke 24, amen. And, yeah. So, so Steve... How did Jehovah's Witnesses believe you are saved? They believe that you were saved through a combination of uh, God's grace, but your effort and your work. Mm -hmm. And a big part of that is service not to... It, it's funny, it works out that it's service to their organization. And they have to keep track of hours, of how many hours they're putting in to going door to door, representing the uh, Watchtower yeah. organization. And then again, uh, back to the spirit thing, they believe the spirit is, they deny the personality of the Holy Spirit and say that the spirit is just like a force, like uh, electricity that God sends out. So when they're baptized, they're baptized. It, it's funny when you think about it because they, they're baptized in the name of God, the Father, and then, and then in the name of Michael, the archangel, essentially an angel, created angel, and then this invisible force uh, Do they God. actually use the name Michael in the baptismal service? No, they don't. Okay, no. all right. But but when you think about the the, the logical uh, outcome of what they actually believe, it's really distorted. Well, all right. So they actually say spirit-directed organization, mm -hmm. uh, which they yeah those Watchtower magazines. And but let me ask you this: um, I was talking with an old Jehovah's Witness who'd been at it for years. I asked him, "How are you saved?" Well, you do the work of the kingdom. I said, what's that? Well, you go door to door. And so are these people going door to door and ringing doorbells because they're trying to earn their way into heaven? That's exactly what it is. Uh, and they fear that if they don't do that, they'll be destroyed at Armageddon uh, by God. And so it's the ultimate works salvation. Okay. And uh, they're sincere. They believe yeah. this. 
but the devils blinded their minds to believe that Christ's work wasn't sufficient. Okay. But you know, John nineteen thirty, when Christ hung on the cross, it is finished. Mm -hmm. It paid in it is full. Finished. Paid salvation in full. is complete through Christ alone. And, and let me ask you this, Steve. So our viewers here, number number of them, have had the Jehovah's Witnesses at the door. My question is, should you let them in? If you talk to them just at the door, what do you say? How do you handle this? Well, First John three two talks about. Well, actually, no, not First John three two. Second John ten, I think, uh, is the verse that talks about uh, if somebody comes to your door and they're not preaching the truth, don't don't welcome them in. And and so many people have wondered what does that mean. And in in that day, there was a lot of traveling evangelists to go from town to town, and it also often have credentials. And you would be able to say, you know, I'm from this church. And then they would welcome you in and take you in and help support your ministry in the area. But if somebody was coming into town who was a false teacher, who did not have proper credentials and did not believe in the same things that evangelical Christians believed, then you were not to welcome them in. And that's essentially how we view it with Jehovah's Witnesses. Now, I would not welcome them in and put them up for the night right. uh, supporting their work. But I, if I wanted to evangelize them, I would welcome them into my home and yeah. have discussions with okay. them. But I'd be very weary of it. I would pray about it. I would make sure other people knew that I was engaging in these mm -hmm. conversations mm -hmm. with them just to help me uh, not get deceived and tricked mm -hmm. by their deceptions. Uh, and, and then I would do some real homework because if I'm going to go into China and be a missionary in China, then I'm going to learn the language, the culture, yep. the beliefs of the people of China so I can more effectively preach the gospel to them. And a, and a great book on that is called The Kingdom of the Cults by Walter Martin. It'll tell you what the Mormons believe, Jehovah's Witnesses, Christian Science. Do you have any other books you'd recommend? Uh, four Major Cults by Anthony Hochman, but okay. I love The Kingdom of the Cults okay. by Walter Martin. And then Martin. you've got a website that talks about all this. Yeah. What, what is that website? RAS.org. RAS.org. We have hundreds of our articles archived on all the different cults. Okay. So people can go on there. RAS.org. Let yes. me ask you this before we move on from Jehovah's Witnesses. So they're at your door or in your living room, whichever. What do you say to them? What, what I mean, yeah, what do you tell them? You know, if I'm going to try to reach a Jehovah's Witness, I think you have to understand how they think. And the bottom line is, at some point in their indoctrination, they have come to believe that the Jehovah's Witness organization represents God on earth. And so, no matter what you show them from the Bible, uh, from logic, whatever, it almost like a pebble off the stones of Gibraltar. How, how do you say mm -hmm. that? It just is ineffective. Um, not that it can't be, and sometimes people have had success with just preaching the word to them, but what often happens is you have to show that the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society has been deceptive, that it has contradicted itself, and you have to be able to say, how could it be God's organization when it says this here, but it says this here? Mm -hmm. And when you can start to line up all the changes in their doctrinal mm -hmm. positions, and show that they have not been reliable. Like I'll give you one quick example. In 1963, 
uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses were, actually it was 1961, thinking back now, uh, they uh, had a question in about organ transplants to the Watchtower. And they said, organ transplants are okay, they do not violate anything in the scripture. But in 1967, Watchtower came out and said that organ transplants are banned for Jehovah's Witnesses. They are a direct, uh, a indirect uh, contradiction of the scriptures. And then in 1980, they reversed themselves again and went back to the original position mm -hmm. and said that it was okay to have organ transplants, mm -hmm. and that's our view to today. Now, the problem is, for 13 years, Jehovah's Witnesses were going without having these organ transplants. Hundreds of them died. Mm -hmm. These things were documented, mm -hmm. and they were blindly following the leadership, and look what the leadership did. Okay. And there's example after example of how the Watchtower has going back and forth on issues. So how can you say that they represent God? Does God really change his mind mm -hmm. back and forth okay. like that? And once they start to see that, their eyes become open, now they're more interested to say, okay, well, what, what do you think about the okay. Bible? Okay. And then you can start to Great. share the good news okay. of the gospel. All right, that's Jehovah's Witnesses. Let's talk to the next big cult that rings your doorbell, the Mormon Church or the Church of Latter-day Saints. Uh, and if these are the young men in white shirts, black ties, it'll say Elder So-and-So, uh, Church of Latter-day Saints. And uh, they say they're Christian, they use the Bible, but let me just, I mean, to Steve, real quick, my 10 cents on the, on the Mormons, you can tell me if I'm wrong, they believe in thousands of gods, mm -hmm. not one god. If you're a good Mormon, you can become a god. The god we worship didn't used to be God. He was a, a man on another planet who attained Godhood, and now we all worship him. And if you're a good Mormon, you can become a God and get a universe to worship you. Is that true? Everything you just said is exactly true. And this is why it's frustrating when you hear people talking about Mormons as though they were just another Christian denomination, that we need to accept them as part of the body of Christ when nothing could be further from the truth. Um, that's the lie that goes right back to the Garden of Eden, that you shall be as a God. And the Bible's clear on some things, very clear, this, that there is God and you're not it. Right. And that you're not going to become God. And that our God didn't become God. You know the verse I use on them? From, from Psalms. From everlasting to everlasting, I am God. Beautiful. It doesn't say I became God 5,000 years ago. So... But they'll talk about Jesus. He's our Lord and Savior. So in, when the Jehovah, uh, excuse me, Mormons are at your door, what are the main things you try to get through for them? You know, for me, what I try to do is I have a certain way of, of talking with them where I show them kind of along the lines that you're talking about, that they believe in the Old Testament that when Jehovah, Jehovah is talking, Yahweh or the divine name, that that is referring to Jesus. And then I show that Jesus said in the book of Isaiah that he is the first and the last, and before him there was no God foreign, nor shall there be any God foreign after him. I think it's Isaiah 44, 24, mm -hmm. uh, or Isaiah 44, 6. Mm -hmm. uh, but the idea is you have Jesus talking, and he said there was no God foreign before me. That kind of rules all God the Father having become a God. And there shall be no God for and after me that rules out the whole doctrine of eternal progression that the Mormons believed in. No one, not the Holy Spirit, not anyone else is going to become God. All there is is the one true God of the Bible. 
And, uh, that's and, and if you the, ask them where did God come from or has God always been here, they basically say we just don't know. Is it just keeps going back and forth. Yeah, uh, and they never can quite figure that one out. How are you saved as a Mormon? How do you, how do you get salvation? Well, the devil certainly likes that doctrine of works, doesn't he? I mean, he, he loves to appeal to our pride and our belief about that we can earn our way to heaven. But again, it's all about works for the Mormons. Okay. And they have, they believe but that they But they say to, they believe Jesus died on the cross for atonement, but then they just add this other stuff. Again, it's uh, always Jesus did some Plus. part of it, but we have to add the rest of it. And for Mormons, it's very... Uh, very rigid. They're taught that they have to be almost spotless, sinless, perfect uh, to have any chance of, uh, of uh, attaining this godhood that they're seeking, this salvation yeah. that they're seeking. And they don't believe in hell much, do they? Hell is not a very bad thing for a Mormon. It's, uh, it's where bad people go, but it's not anything like we think of as a place of eternal torment. Uh -huh. In fact, there's even a hope that uh, you can escape uh, that hell eventually. If, Which the uh, Bible doesn't teach. <laughs> no, no, no. All right, so that's so the big cults in America are Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons. Let's talk about some lesser cults that doesn't, don't have so many followers. Christian science, my professor used to say, is neither Christian nor scientific. Tell me what the Christian scientists believe. Well, they're, uh, you might put them in the category of metaphysical kind uh, of new cults. Age. Yeah, a pre, sort of a forerunner to the New Age. Uh, it's sort of a mixture of Hinduism with Western Christian ideas mixed in with it. And uh, this is Eddie. Mary uh, Baker Eddie. Mary Baker Eddie. Uh, <laughs> fascinating if you ever read a biography about this woman. Um, she, she must have been quite a charismatic figure, but uh, she was always looking for some method of healing and finally she uh, discovered this man Phineas Parkhurst Quimby and he was sort of one of these new age kind of uh, healer types and uh, she got in touch with him and essentially plagiarized his whole system of, of healing but again it's a combination of uh, Hinduism and so basically it denies that the world, you know, like Hinduism says, Maya, the world is an illusion. All that we look at, the material world, is an illusion. It's an illusion. It's not Sin really does there. not exist. Sin does not. Does, not, does not exist. No, and because the, how can a body that doesn't exist be sick? Yeah. yeah. Isn't it a strange relationship? If there is, I mean, here's what's weird. If sin doesn't exist, why did Jesus come to earth? You know? He, he was a, just kind of an example He's of, kind of how to live. Yeah. Yeah, he's a guru. And just as he overcame the fear of death, he overcame the unbelief uh, that people have because he had to struggle through all those. He See, he believed uh, that the world was really there too, and he believed he was, but he overcame all those things. So they don't believe the world is really here. No. It's kind of a, a so do they believe in a creator God, that God created the universe? You know, uh, I don't remember the result of uh, that. I okay. It's sort of like the Mormons where it's really vague in their doctrine. I interviewed a Christian science uh, practitioner on the radio once, about that question, and it was just a very vague okay. philosophical thing, but it didn't really answer but the question. But they use the Bible. 
Yep. But they also use Mary Baker's Eddy, key to the... Science and health, the key go. to scriptures. And, uh, it, and so it, isn't that another sign of the cult? They always add a second book to the Bible. Yeah, Joel's Witnesses got their literature. Their magazines. The Watchtower and Awake and, and all their books. The Mormons have their their quad, book which is the, the Book of Mormon and, and the Pearl of Great Price and, and Doctrine and Covenants. Just every, they all got to have their extra mm -hmm. uh, biblical authority that explains what the, the Bible real meaning, really means. Like we really can't get it from the Bible. Yeah. And you know, here's the thing about uh, Christian science. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 about what his gospel is, that Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead. That's the nutshell. That's the guts of the Christian faith. He Amen died for that. our sins and rose. And if you don't believe sin exists, then Jesus didn't die for our sins. So yeah. how do they how do they deal with that? Everything know? has to be twisted and distorted, okay. as Peter talked about uh, in the in the Peter that they twist the scriptures to their own destruction. And if you read through uh, her dictionary, her glossary mm -hmm. in Science and Health, the key to scripture, everything is redefined. Redefined. And it's it's uh, not the Jesus we know in the Bible. Oh no! Oh, if you look at oh, well, they separate Jesus and Christ as two different. Uh, yeah. But if you look at uh, Walter Martin's book that you referred to earlier, The Kingdom of the Cults, the very first chapter of his book talks about scaling the language barrier because cults often use the same terminology, mm -hmm. same, so they sound so similar, especially when they're evangelizing and trying to recruit people in, but they have so redefined it. Mm. And so you think, hey, they believe Jesus is the Savior and... Yeah. And they yeah, they trust say, I mean, here's what I say. When people say, oh, the Mormons, they're so family-centered. Yeah. They're so moral. Okay, what they do with Jesus isn't good, but the rest of it is so good. To me, that's like saying, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how did you like the play? You yeah. Know? And, very good, all right, now very well let's get to some cults that don't have so many adherents. Well, we only got five minutes, so quickly here, Steve. Pentecostals are fine. 98% of Pentecostals are fine. There's 2% called the United Pentecostals. Explain what that is. Well, they are uh, they broke off from the Assemblies of God back around 1917 and uh, formed a, a variety of small independent oneness groups. And the two major uh, issues there is they deny the Trinity. Uh, so their oneness... Only Jesus they is God. Yeah, only Jesus. The Father only. is not God. Yeah, well, Jesus is the Father. Yeah, Jesus it's kind of modalism. It is essentially modalism. There's two different kinds of modalism, and they hold Explain the Explain what modalism is. Modalism is, one kind of modalism is to say that the Father, Jesus, or that God appeared first as the Father in creation, then the Son in redemption, and the Spirit now during the church age. And it's kind of a temporary. So it's successive and temporary, and the other is more of a noetic type of modalism that teaches that Jesus and the Father are identical. It's patripassianism, and that the Holy, the Father and the Holy Spirit are identical, and the Jesus is the name given to the human aspect yeah. of, of Christ after the incarnation. And what we believe is God is always Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God in three persons. And indistinct from one another, yes, yeah. for just, all eternity. Let's talk about this. Yep. You just said what's called patripassianism, an old era. I mean, I have a dear pastor friend who one day in front of the church said, Father, we thank you for dying on the cross. And I took him aside, I said, 
God the Father did not die on the cross. God the Son died on the cross. There's one God, but there are distinctions in the Godhead. That's right. The it Father means... is not e exactly the Son. The Son is not exactly the Spirit. Well said. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The um, other, the other really quick uh, error yes. is that they say that unless you speak in tongues, you are not saved. Right. It's not just an additional gift like Pentecostals teach yeah. that we can get, but if you don't do it then you are not saved. Again, adding something to the finished work That's of right. Christ. All right, let's go to another one. I get letters from Seventh-day Adventists, and they teach that you have to worship on Saturday, not Sunday, because the Old Testament Jews worshiped on Saturday, and you can't eat pork. And so why aren't we keeping these Old Testament food laws, Sabbath laws? And I don't quite put them as this in the same. I think there are some believers in the oh, Seventh-day Adventist church, yeah. but you've also got some legalists, and you wonder where they're at. What do you say to the Seventh-day Adventists? Well, I am concerned about the legalistic aspects of it, and I researched this very heavily uh, recently and wrote an article about, uh, and I, I believe that... Is they, it at your website? It's, it's available on our, if they want to order our Discerner magazine. Okay. Uh, we haven't posted it on the website because we usually wait a year or two to post okay. them on. Uh, but if somebody's interested, they can contact okay. me. Uh, CAS.org. Yeah, RAS.org RAS, is our website. RAS.org. If they want to email, that would be info at RAS.org. RAS okay. And they could request that article. So what do you say to them? Well, I think that they actually believe uh, that it is necessary to keep the Sabbath to be saved. Really? Because I quote from several of their books that essentially teach that very thing. Um, but bottom line for me, it doesn't matter if you want to choose to worship on Saturday or Sunday. No big deal. But when you cross the line and, and make you say a, you have to yeah. uh, and, or you're not going to go to heaven. Then they've added something to grace. Right. And uh, I think I showed in my article that they do teach okay. that. And that's why I'm quite concerned yeah. about it. It sure is their one thing they want to talk about. Yes. I mean, and I, to me, the one thing I want to talk about is Christ died for our sins, rose from the dead. I don't care if you worship on Saturday or Sunday. It, it, and they'll say, well, yeah, but the old, that Old Testament was given. That part of the Old Testament was given to the Jews to make them different from the Gentiles. In the New Testament, New Testament Christians are never commanded to worship on Saturday, are they? Never. never. No, I mean, that's what I point out to them. They'll say there's no place in the New Testament that repeals the Sabbath worship, well, you could just as well argue back to no place in the New Testament that says Christians should worship on, sa on the mm -hmm. Sabbath. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, there's abundant evidence that the Christians did worship on, on the first Sunday, day of the week, Sunday. On the first day of the week. Steve, yes. we got to go. But wow. thank you so much. RAS.org. Yep. If you have questions or info at RAS.org. Org. Yep. For uh, if, email, you, if yep. you have questions for him, but thanks so much for your work and everybody. When the Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons come to your door, be polite, be nice to them, pray for them, but don't believe what they tell you. And we'll see you again next time on the Pastor Study. Thank you for watching the Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write the Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always. <laughs>